Praise the Lord, saints. Welcome to St. Timothy Missionary Baptist Church. I am Deacon Pernell Jones, Jr., and this is our Sunday school time. And as always, we are studying out of our Bible Expositor and Illuminator book. All right, for the next three months. And for this, for these three months, we are looking at training, training, the theme of training. And, and for these first two months, we are looking at instructions to a troubled church all right saints so we're every church has a few troubles right so we're going to look at how the lord handles and deals with troubles of all type within the church well well this week our lesson title is true wisdom all right true wisdom we are, we are still in the book of corinthians first corinthians uh the first chapter verses 17 through 31 for those seeking their bibles first corinthians chapter 1 verses 17 31 we looked at the first 16 verses last week and as you remember the apostle paul was uh chastising the church letting them know hey you you're you're arguing over who was being baptized by who uh some are following apollos uh, some are following cephas you're you're looking at these leaders and you're following men when you should be following God. He said, I'm glad I didn't baptize any of you. All right, that was that's where we left off last week, saints. And and don't we know that doesn't matter? Then we have to stick the most important thing is our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and, and him crucified. Not who your religious leader is. He's just a man of steward. That's all. You can't follow just a man. If, if 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 we were to line all the people up who were Baptists on one side and those who were believers on the other side, and Jesus said, "Well, which side you want to be on?" I'm choosing the believer side, saints. All right, it doesn't matter whether you're AME or, or Baptist, as long as you're in that Word of God. We're all reading that same Word of God, trusting our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That's the important thing. If the Apostle Paul came to preach at your church, would you let him in because he wasn't, wouldn't let him in because he wasn't Baptist? All right. Well, we're going to pray on these things, saints. All right. Well, again, that was some of last week's lesson. And we're going to flow right into the next, uh, next few verses, verses 17 through 31. But saints, let's have a word of prayer. Most gracious and heavenly Father, Lord, we just love you, Lord. We come here before you, Lord. Sinners, saved by grace, Father. And desiring that you, you make a sinner look a little more like you each and every day through the power of your son and the power of your Holy Spirit, Father. So, Lord, Lord, we just ask that as always, you just open our hearts to your word. Make us receptive to your word, Father, and let it transform each and every one of us, Father. Lord, your son's death on the cross is the foolishness of is the foolishness to the world, Father. But it is the power to save to those that believe. So, Lord, we just thank you. Again, we ask that you give us a good time in your word today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, again, our, our lesson today is entitled True Wisdom. The Apostle Paul is still sharing the word with the Corinthians. All right. And, and we talked a little bit about where Paul left off last week. And let's take a moment. We're going to get right into our verses. Verse 17. Pick up right where Paul left off last week. For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. <coughs> Excuse me. So Christ, Paul says Christ didn't send him to baptize. They were fussing last week about who baptized who. Paul was happy he hadn't baptized too many of any of them. Okay? 
But Paul is saying the greater emphasis, he is not de-emphasizing baptism. Let's start there, saints, and talk about the value of baptism. It is our opportunity to publicly express the faith that we have. It is one of our, in, in, the, in, in the Baptist denomination, but in scripture, it is one of two denominations, uh, two ordinances. One is the Last Supper, uh, in other words, our Holy Communion, and the other is the act of baptism. All right, water immersion as they would take you down and bring you back up as the preacher would bring you bring you back up from the water, baptizing. And Paul was saying baptism has value. It is important. It is an ordinance of, of in scripture. But the preaching of the gospel is superior. That is all Paul is, is saying in this. When he said, I wish I hadn't baptized any of you. Okay? But the preacher got salvation, faith, our saving faith comes from the preached gospel, the good news of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and him crucified and risen from the grave on that third day. That is the power to save. And if you have had that, then baptism will follow. Okay, But baptism doesn't lead off your salvation. An unsaved person can get baptized and it will have no effect and no power. But a believed a believer who has accepted the power of the cross, his death, burial, and resurrection, and is driven to go to the, to the, into the water, to be taken to the water, he will be saved, and he is expressing his salvation through the water baptism. And this is what the Apostle Paul is, is, is saying. For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel. All right, baptism become, but well, I'm not sent just to baptize, but to preach the gospel. And I'm preaching it not with the wisdom of words, a great oratory skill set, which he had, okay? Um, but great, not with words of wisdom, because if he did that, the cross of Christ should be made of no effect. He doesn't want to sound great flowery oratory performance and detract from the power of the simple truth. That our Lord and Savior died on the cross for our sins. We were in a world of hurt. We have we are living souls, breaths of life, saints. Just like Adam was made from the dust, his body was made from the dust of the ground. But he was that breath of life. He was that living soul. And that soul was damaged in the garden with the first sin. And it is rooted into each and every one of us. It is part of our nature. We have a sinful nature. It causes us to go out and hurt and harm other people. To do everything God says don't do. To break every one of the Ten Commandments. We do this across the world and across from Genesis to Revelation. And at the core of it, each and every one of us is dying. We're not sitting on some fence where where. The religious world is saying you're going to heaven and you're going to hell. It's not a picking and choosing. No, we are all going to hell. Jesus just said, I can save you. And we need to accept that by faith. That is the situation we're in. And the world doesn't get that. The world does not see the dire situation we're in. And therefore, they reject the cross. Okay? But for the believers, we know we need to be saved. All right. So again, for Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ 
should be made of no effect. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. So I'm just repeating myself right here as I read the scripture. The preaching of the cross is, is foolishness. It is foolishness to those who have not, who see themselves on the fence and think, oh, they're talking about somebody going to heaven. They're sending somebody to hell. No, there is no fence. We are all dying. Saints, we are all dying. We are perishing, as the scripture says. But there are those amongst us who are perishing who think the solution is foolishness. They don't even see the problem. So the idea of a solution makes no sense. It is foolishness. But to us that don't, who know it's not foolish, we know that it is wisdom. We know it is true wisdom. The power of the cross is true wisdom. It is the power of God to save. Well, let's keep reading in verse 19. It says, for it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. All right. The world, the world, they believe in science. Saints, Isn't that the best way to they believe in what they can smell, taste, see, hear and touch. OK, they, they believe. <coughs> excuse me. They believe in their five senses and they believe in what science is. If you can put it in my hands then I'll I'll believe it. Well, what, what belief is that in, in seeing something? And that's not belief. That's knowing. All right. That's knowing. And the world today operates in that. They trust science. And I'm not here to belittle science. All right. Uh, science has its value as we interact and communicate with one another and the world. But there is no power to save in the knowledge of the world. Okay, There is no power to save. I want my kids to have you want we want our children to 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 do well in school, get A's, B's and you know in 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 school. We want to have a good education and all those things, but the power to save is not found in the books that we learn in school. Right? And God will destroy that wisdom for any that make us think that we can be saved by anything that we know or do in this world. That we can walk uprightly to a point, okay, to a point where we can be saved. It does not work that way. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Question mark. Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish? the wisdom of this world so all of those in the unbelievers in the world who have so much to say the wise, the scribes, the disputers God makes everything they have to say he makes it foolishness the wisdom of the world he makes those things foolish don't you know they see the cross again as being foolish the Jew and the Greek they all thought it was foolish Okay, the Jew, the Jew, there was a word scandalon, Greek word uh, scandalon, uh, that we get the Greek word scandalous from. Uh, it, it's it's rooted in in stumbling block, and the word stumbling block. The Jewish community did not um, believe in Christ, and they saw it as a stumbling block on the cross, 
as a stumbling block. <coughs> Excuse me. They wanted to see a king. They were oppressed by the Roman government. Moses came and delivered us from the Egyptians, political deliverance from governmental oppression. Samson put his hand between two columns and took out the, the oppressors of his day, as did many other judges. Okay. Well, we're waiting, and the, the, and the Messiah is coming. Scripture clearly said it, the son of David. David was a king, and his son Solomon was a king, and the grandson and great-grandson, and one day an heir will come who will be the Messiah, and he'll be king. So why do we have a lamb instead of a king? Why is he dying on a cross? A cross was the Roman instrument of death and destruction. An instrument of death. It is the equivalent of our modern day electric chair. People wear crosses around their neck today and it has religious implication. But back then it was an instrument of death. The electric chair of today. That's foolish. I, the Jewish people wanted a king. And they got an electric chair. And that was d political deliverance? No. No, it was scandalous to them. It was a stumbling block to them. The Greek would know better. They rejected him because they were used to philosophy. Philosophy, psychiatry, psych, physiology, math and science. And, and they wanted some human reasoning to get to heaven. And they did not understand. They rejected it because of death on the cross it made no sense. We're not even going to get to a resurrection because the Greek couldn't even handle Jesus and him crucified. All right. So where are these wise? And God will make foolish all the things that they thought. For after that, I'm going to read that verse 20 again. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believed. It pre pleased God to use an electric chair to bring that brings death in the Roman world be the source of life in his kingdom. All right. It pleased God to take these foolish things. The, the things of our flesh have no power. They have no strength. We Many times we say, the Lord won't put more on us than we can bear. All right? That's actually not biblically accurate. We literally cannot bear anything. We must turn it all over to Jesus because the strength is in God. He will do all things. He will protect all things. He will keep all things. All we have to do is trust in him. <coughs> when you think about the good Samaritan, and his relationship, the good Samaritan is Jesus, but the man who fell among thieves, he's you and me. We are that man who fell among thieves, who was wounded and left for dead, bleeding and hurt, and death was at his doorstep. And his relationship with Jesus, his relationship with the good Samaritan was where the good Samaritan looked on him. He didn't walk around him or buy him like others. He looked on him, had compassion on him as he was dying, and placed him on his beast of burden, poured oil and wine into his wounds that he might have life, poured the oil and the wine into him, again, that he might have life. And as he laid on that beast of burden, not able to bear anything, 
not able to carry anything, not able to do any work in his own strength, he was carried to a place of rest. That is our relationship with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We don't have the strength to do anything, but if we trust and allow the Lord to carry us, he will carry us through this life and he will do all things in his own strength through us. All we have to do is the strength to let go, the will to, to, go, to live by faith that the Lord can do all things and he is capable of doing all things through us. All right. And there is and there is foolishness in that to the world. So again, for after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. They didn't know God in their science, in their math, in their philosophy. But it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believed. For the Jews required a sign and the Greeks sought after wisdom. Well, we just touched on that. The Jews wanted a sign. Oh, they had seen the plagues in Egypt. Their whole history was full of signs. Okay, Jonah got the belly of the whale. Okay, and there were signs everywhere. Those Pharisees wanted a sign. But God, what Jesus was not trying to prove to Pharisees. He gave many miraculous signs to believers that they might be strengthened. The Greek philosophy and seeing no philosophy in a Christ crucified. <clears throat> but we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block, unto the Greeks foolishness. All right? So here it is. We, we've touched on this. The word stumbling block here comes from the Greek word, again, scandalon, okay, where we get the word scandalous. The Greeks were offended by cruci Christ crucified, they, 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 they were looking for a political deliverer. They weren't looking for a lamb. Okay, They needed a lion. They wanted a lion. Okay? The Greeks, again, two separate reasons, but the same rejection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But there were Jews and Greeks who thought differently, as verse 24 tells us. But unto them which are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God, there were Jews and there were Greeks who saw salvation. They saw the power of God. They saw the crucifixion of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, his death, burial, and his resurrection as the power to save their very souls. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For ye see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. Okay? So there are those who are not called. And some of them are mighty men in this world of earthly wisdom. They have wealth. They have prestige. They have fame. They have intellect. They have so many things of this material world. But the things of this material world cannot get us into heaven. They cannot save us. And we can lean so much on these material things that we can reject Jesus Christ. We find dependence in them instead of dependence in the Lord. And these things are, are foolishness. We follow after men instead of following after God. But in verse 27, 
God hath chosen the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. Those very things that they lean on and depend on are like sinking sand. And God will show, will show foolishness of the world and that his things are the true wisdom. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. He allowed his son to come to this world into a manger, to a place where animals stay. He didn't come to a, a, a beautiful palace. The Lord came into this world into a, into a manger, the very lowliest of things, the basest of things. <clears throat> Verse 28, and base things of the world and things which are despised hath God chosen. God doesn't need the material things of this world to allow him to do anything. He created this world. Every inch of it, every second of it, he created it all. And he doesn't need it to move his agenda forward in any way, shape, or form. The base things of the world and things which are despised, God hath chosen. We in the world look at other things in the world and we place a value on it. They say this person is good and this person is not. This person is better than this person. This person is superior to that person. These material things are better than those other material things. And God says, I created it all. You can't condemn anything that I said from Genesis is good. So I'll use the things that the world thinks are lowly. <coughs> Excuse me. I will use them to confound the world and show my power the weakest things in this world the smallest things in this world and I'll do it so that no flesh can glory in my presence so again base things of the world and things which are despised hath God chosen yea and things which are not to bring to naught things that are that no flesh should glory in his presence but of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. So again, uh, uh, but of him are ye in Christ, who of God is made unto wisdom and righteousness. The Lord has has molded and created each and every one of us. First unto salvation, the soul is saved. But a saved soul must be sanctified. The process of making us look a little more like Jesus every day. Stepping away from sin and embracing our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And his blood covers us. The righteous blood of our Lord and Savior. We have no righteousness within ourselves. It is only God's righteousness that covers us. It is a grace. It is an unmerited and undeserved favor. And we walk in that, saints. We should walk humbly. We should walk compassionately with others. Be wise as serpents, but harmless as doves. The Lord has designed us, and we must walk faithfully in his will for each and every one of us. And it says that according as it is written in scripture, he that glorieth, let him glory 
in the Lord. Knowing that we're not doing this out of a self-righteousness, but out of God's righteousness. He is the, the creator. He is the author and finisher of our faith. And he deserves all glory. Let's not steal any of his glory by doing anything that makes the world think or us think ourselves think that our flesh has any part in God's outcome and will for our lives and for this world. Let's trust in him and let his will be done. Oh, saints, that's our lesson for this week. Come on back next week. We're going to continue through 1 Corinthians and see, again, some challenges within the Christian church. Praise God, saints.